Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. The U.S. midterm elections are coming up on November 8th. And you may be surprised to hear that a number of key figures in America's far-right community who are trying to sway American voters are Canadian. And they have a surprising amount of influence. You have Steven Crowder, who runs a kind of a YouTube late night show that has almost six million followers. You have Lauren Southern. You have Lauren Chen, another YouTube personality. You have Jordan Peterson, who's the former University of Toronto psychologist who has become sort of a, an icon of in some parts of the right. You have Gavin McInnes, who was one of the co-founders of Vice News and then became the founder of the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys, of course, gaining prominence through a number of things, including the presence of some of their members in the January 6th attacks on the Capitol. Nathan Vanderclip is one of the Globe's correspondents covering the U.S., and he's been looking into the major Canadian players in this movement. This is The Decibel. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. I just want to start by asking you, like, how how did you get interested in the story? Well, I've been doing some reporting on the upcoming midterm elections in the U.S. They're important for a number of reasons. They're going to give us a sense of how effectively Joe Biden can govern going forward, as well as give us a sense of the relative momentum of the kind of broader Trumpist movement. And I just kept running into people with Canadian connections as I was as I was doing some of this reporting. Um, hmm. YouTube personalities, kind of alt-right media personalities uh, who are Canadian or have uh, deep Canadian roots. And I, I just found that kind of interesting. So I thought I'd try to get a sense of what was going on there? If you look across the spectrum of of, of these um, personalities in the far right, you see um, a a kind of a rejection of what some would call, I guess, kind of woke politics in terms of what it means for how a society is best formed when it, when it comes to you know how immigration should be managed when it comes to uh, how uh, people who are transgender should be welcomed into society. And, and I mean, there, there's a whole panoply of, 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 of elements of this. Um, and, and some of it just comes down to sort of differing definitions of what qualifies as freedom of speech. And then you actually spoke to Lauren Southern, I believe, Nathan. What's she like? Lauren Southern, uh, who is a YouTube personality who was quite prominent over the last few years. Uh, she speaks about um, some of the roots of her own views as being growing up in the lower mainland of British Columbia. And, and at one point she describes, you know, a, a moment in school where she says, um, you know, students were, were separated, students of color were separated from students, uh, from white students. And, 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 you know, the white students were told, um, that looks, you belong to a privileged class and, and, uh, you know, relative to the other students. And she says she found this jarring because, you know, some of the students of color came from wealthier families than some of the white students. And so she points to this as 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 one of her moments of of, of shaping her own political views. OK, so so that's that's one person's experience. But I, I guess I have to wonder, do do these Canadian commentators like do, do they seem to like Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Chen lives in Canada, sort of 
Lauren Southern and and Lauren Southern actually just moved back to Canada last year. She's been in Australia previous to that. Um, and and I asked her that, you know, why did you come back to Canada? And, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, she spoke very, I guess, at, at some length about loving Canada. And I think it's, you know, worth perhaps putting this in context, like even, you know, what was the icon of the Freedom Convoy? It was the Canadian flag, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of this that is being wrapped around, around a sense of patriotism. What was interesting was how she phrased it. She said, I love what Canada used to be, and then move to from there to immigration and the, you know, the current makeup of Canada, which of course has always been a changing makeup. Um, but I think the subtext there is, you know, what color did Canada used to be um, in terms of the, 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 the makeup of the population? And she says, you know, her view uh, in Vancouver at now, and, and I think you could extrapolate this across much of Canada, is that I don't recognize it. Um, she said people aren't speaking English. Almost everyone is an immigrant. Um, and and she she uses terms like you know the native population she calls it you don't you know she feels like what has changed in Canada with immigration is that um, it's come to a place where you don't even recognize the native population anymore and, and I think it's 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 views like this that are um, comments like this are you know part of the reason that you have seen uh, among those who uh, look at hate and, and other things um, that they have suggested there is you know this this undercurrent, in some cases overcurrent, of, of white supremacism that we've seen coming out of parts of the far right as well. Hmm. And Lauren Chen, the, the other Lauren we're talking about, I, I, I believe she's a person of color, is she not, Nathan? Yeah, she, hmm. she has an Asian background. She spent uh, part of uh, her, her time growing up uh, living in Hong Kong. Uh, but I think that has probably given uh, her an extra sense of credibility for those uh, uh, listening to her views. Okay. It still doesn't quite, I guess, answer the my main question of, I guess, like why other places in the world have people that must must think this way too, right? Like why is it that Canadian commentators, it seems to be, have have been given so much attention and, and, and so much airtime by American media? For parts of the American right and far right, Canada has become an icon of what they don't want to see. And some of the policies that we've seen in, in Canada have become emblematic of the, of the, of the politics that they want to reject. So having somebody come from Canada, um, make, gives that person a, a degree of authority in terms of speaking about these sorts of things. I, I think there's also a sense, uh, among American audiences, for example, that there's a, a sense of validation of having others, uh, from other countries that sort of um, espouse these views and, and promote these views, that there's a feeling that this is not just uh, an American issue, but this is a global issue. One of the other things is, it, you know, when I spoke with uh, Lauren Chen, who who is one of these YouTube personalities, she's on with Turning Point USA, which is a platform for, um, you know, folks like Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy and Senator Josh Hawley and others. Um, she said, well, you know, Canada tends to or has tended to have a, a quieter, less rancorous political environment. So those who are more willing to speak out, as of course all these folks are, um, find it easier to stand out in Canada. And in standing out in Canada, they, they can gain um, sort of the, the, the kind of prominence that then allows them to build audience both in Canada and then in the U.S. Whereas in the U.S., of course, which is a more shouty political environment, it's harder to stand out. Hmm. Okay. And, and I guess... 
Are, are Canadians actually overrepresented in the far right movement here? Is this kind of the normal number of people, I guess, that you would see involved in this in this kind of thing? Or are there actually more Canadians than we would expect to see? Some would say there's an overrepresentation of Canadians. These things, I think, are, are very difficult to quantify. But there's there's a there's a couple of indicators that that you can look at. There are scholars who who track um, they try to count the numbers of, of far right groups. Um, and those in Canada say they have tracked about 300. Those in the U.S. say they have tracked about a thousand. Um, and of course, that's about a three to one ratio. And the pop in population terms, the U.S. is just about nine times bigger than Canada. So that would suggest an overrepresentation. We've had other indicators too, um, you know, audience numbers. So Steven Crowder, for example, has a global audience, but, uh, he he ha, he has said that just about ten percent of his audience on that platform is 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 Canadian. Um, mm-hmm. So you have a you have a fair amount of of Canadian involvement on on in some of these areas. So so why are there so many Canadians in this movement? I mean that's a that's a difficult question to answer. But time zones are easy. Accents match in 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 general. I mean the the, the same reason I suppose that you've seen you know Canadians generally do reasonably well in in other parts of uh, the U.S. media landscape. Um, you can point to a couple of things. One is uh, the rise of Rebel News, which was founded by Ezra Levant in, in 2015 and became uh, an online video platform that also became a sort of launching point for a number of folks um, who have become prominent uh, on, on, the, on the right and the far right uh, in mm-hmm. the United States. And then, of course, Justin Trudeau, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, has also become uh, emblematic for the right and the far right in terms of rejecting some of what what he espouses and some of his politics. We'll be back after this message. So Lauren Southern has around 60 million views on YouTube, and and Lauren Chen pulls in even more at, at 80 million views. Both of their audiences consist of, of a lot of Americans. Uh, in, in a way, Nathan, this seems kind of like the brain drain that we hear about with, with other professions where, where, you know, Canadians head to the States just because there's there's bigger opportunities there. I guess th- that's that's kind of what this is. Of course, as an element. Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if you want to grow a, a YouTube audience, there are limits to how big that audience is going to be if all you do is focus on Canadians and, and, and try to build um, Canadian listeners and viewers and that sort of thing. You know, ambitious Canadians in media have for a very long time seen, seen the U.S. as, as, as the ticket to a, to a much larger, more prominent, more influential platform. I mean, Steven Crowder has almost six million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, these are these are really potent audience sizes, especially when you can compare them with uh, with with the sort of audiences that uh, that, you know, the, the, the broadcast nightly news brings in. We're, mm. we're starting to see those numbers being rivaled. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next big American political event is, of course, the midterms, which are coming up on November 8th. Uh, and this is where voters will be choosing their federal and their, their state representatives, as, as well as a bunch of other political positions. So what can we look out for, Nathan, in terms of how these Canadians uh, will be using their platforms during during the midterms? Well, in some ways, it's it's very direct. So, for example, Lauren Chen and Lauren Southern will be co-hosting. Um, election night coverage on a platform called Odyssey, which is kind of like a YouTube style 
except for less moderated. I mean, I think you can probably think it a bit like the truth, what truth social is to Twitter, mm-hmm. Odyssey is to YouTube. Earlier um, in the summer, we saw uh, Jordan Peterson um, speaking with Republican leadership in, in Washington, D.C. And uh, Peterson himself will actually be doing a couple of events in Arizona, which is a pretty key battleground state. Um, on uh, the day, the night before and uh, the night of the midterm el- elections themselves. Um, and even Lauren Chen did a recent episode uh, looking at, um, you know, individual races in, in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you've, you've had kind of fairly direct involvement. And I, I'm wondering about like the, the policy issues or the platform issues, I guess, that, that are being talk- talked about as well. Like when you spoke with Lauren Southern, you also spoke with Lauren Chen, I believe, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up on the midterms, like what are the big policies or the, the platform issues that, 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 they're, that they're pushing? Well, I mean, I think a lot of what you've seen, and my colleague uh, Adrian Morrow just wrote about this as well, as far as just the centrality of some of these culture war issues in the United States. And those are some of the things that you've seen uh, be central to a, a you know great part of the American right and far right. Um, these issues about the sorts of um, rights, effectively, that transgender people should have, particularly transgender minors. They, these these issues about you know what should and and should not be considered legitimate content for libraries. Issues, of course, about abortion. Um, issues about the role of government and and sort of large media corporations in in sort of both in free speech and misinformation and 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 the balance in 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 those areas so all of these issues have become really kind of central to um the the political battles that are being shaped in the united states Hmm. Late last week, there was this bizarre attack on on the family of U.S. Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, And and it turns out that the alleged attacker is Canadian, um, as discovered by our colleagues at The Globe, Adrian Morrow and and Mike Hager. Nathan, what do we know about what actually happened there? Well, we're told that uh, the suspect, of course, these are all allegations, nothing's been proven in in court, but that the suspect um, sort of entered uh, Nancy Pelosi's home um, in the early hours of the morning, 2 a.m. ish, um, and appeared to be searching for Nancy Pelosi herself, shouting, where, where is Nancy? Where's Nancy? And um, Nancy Pelosi was not there at the time. Her husband, Paul, was. Um, her husband is 82 years old. Um, this, uh, the accused, is 42 years old. And so there was a struggle that involved a hammer um, and resulted in the suspect being arrested and Mr. Pelosi being hospitalized uh, and, and put in a surgery for a, a skull fracture and serious injuries um, to, his, to his right arm. You know, the interesting part for Canadians is that um, the suspect um, grew up in Powell River in, in B.C., um, has not been here for quite some time, um, but nonetheless has, has sort of those Canadian connections. And, and what do we know about the suspect's online activity? Yeah, well, we know that, you know, for example, Mike Lindell, who I've referenced a couple of times, the MyPillow CEO, who has been an ardent supporter of, of Donald Trump and, and one of the kind of election denier uh, leaders, um, you know, he, uh, the, the, the suspect had spoken on social media, reposted um, claims by um, by Mike Lindell, um, and had spoke about other elements uh, that have been sort of popular in, in, in sort of the far right, these, these QAnon uh, theories and talking about um, 
um, Donald Trump and, and others um, and, and sort of really sort of uh, engaged with, with, with some of that conspiracy minded um, far right politics um, that has become increasingly prominent in the United States. Hmm. And does this tell us anything, I guess, about the, the broader issues of Canadians in, in the American movements? I suppose what it tells us is that some of these uh, political currents that we're seeing of a, a, a profound skepticism in government and a skepticism that is turning into hostility, uh, a, a feeling of needing to fight back because there's a sense of um, rightly or wrongly of being oppressed by government, all of those things, um, that, that these are not just things that we see taking place in the United States. Some of these same undercurrents of dissent um, are, are present in, in Canada. And in fact, in some cases, as we're seeing, um, have, have, some, have some roots in Canada. And, and so I think it's, uh, I, I think, you know, it's incumbent upon all of us to sort of, I, I think, be clear eyed about uh, where parts of the Canadian population see themselves in relation to society, in relation to um, the, the, the political environment here, as well as in the United States. Nathan, thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with me today. You're very welcome. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.